Tom. Hi, Elliot. Hi. Tom, hi. How are you? I'm fan-fucking-tastic. How are you? Hi, listeners. Listeners. Welcome to Dickwick. Where do you? Queer what? I queer and we're dickwick <laughs> and we're happy to to have you listening to us we just can't wait um for you to be on this ride with us i'm a little bit zany many right now tom's like a spicy chorizo baby <laughs> and i don't know how to calm him down shut up you wiener dog you love chorizo i all, don't love chorizo <laughs> all you eat is chorizo i'm like who says chorizo just say sausage but it's different it smells different anyway because it's spanish no because when you burped earlier it smelled like chorizo that is so gross don't say that on here. Jesse, edit that. Jesse will do nothing of the sort. Ugh. Tom, how are you? I'm all right. Um, I'm excited to introduce this episode, but first, if you don't mind, I do have to say one quick thing. Say it. Do you queer what I queer? It's killing it on the soccer field. We have our soccer team. We won 4-1 yesterday. Um, <clears throat> I have a little bit of a reputation of um, being competitive. Oh, being a beast injuring people by accident sure right yeah and so that happened yesterday i kicked someone very hard in the um ankle and i felt bad obviously when he went down i went down with him just to like console him and then afterwards his partner came up to me and was like you know tom you're an executive member of this league and you're also a sponsor so that behavior is unacceptable he was joking I think. And then he said the only way he would forgive me is if, if I publicly apologized on this podcast. So right now I'm going to do that. I'm really sorry, Eric, for kicking you really hard and having you go down and then limping for the rest of the game. I'm really sorry, Eric, that Tom is such a beast. I Listen, I don't, I don't mean to be a beast. Sure. Sometimes I have beast tendencies. Sure. Yeah, definitely. This is Beast Solidarity Corner for How everybody. dare you? you? I'm also a beast. I know. I'm just but you're not like a violent beast. No, I'm like just like a, like a scary, vicious human being. Toxic masculinity just ruins Oozes. the party again. Yeah, it's true. Thanks, My Favorite Murder, for that Anyway, slogan. that's been Tom Beast Corner. <laughs> Tom Apology Corner. <laughs> um, I believe you. That was very sincere. Do you feel lighter? No. That, no. No. Didn't lighten the load. Well, an apology shouldn't be for you. It should be for the other person. Oh, my God. Learning corner. I learned so much from you right now. <laughs> the other thing I will say before we get into this episode. Yes. Sorry, I'm doing all the talking. Please. Okay. Um, we talk, we whisper a lot in this episode. Right. And that's because, and I will come right out and say it, we've been obsessed with this ASMR video of the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Um, and I watch it maybe twice a day. Yes. And I'm obsessed with yes. it. Yes, Tom and can't they, stop. It's, they whisper, fight, and it's the funniest thing I've ever seen. So You have to Google... I, yeah, we keep referencing it, and just so that everyone feels like they're in on the joke, that's what I'm referencing. Google Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills ASMR, and it will come up, yeah. and you will thank It'll be us. the best two and a half minutes of your life. Everyone's already so sick of it by this point, though, that it's... My students were calling everyone beasts all last week. It was very funny. You're monstrous. Yeah. Oh, also, I mean, this will be obvious when we start recording, but we talk a lot about Pride, because this was just going into Pride. So we hope you take the time to reflect on how your pride was. And if you're traveling anywhere, we hope you enjoy your pride coming up. Tom's giving me really upsetting eyes right now. No, I'm just... No, that's great. It's temporality corner. I just need to address it. <laughs> time is queer. We do, say in the ep- we do say in the segment that pride should be all year round anyway. So it's okay that we're talking about pride. It's fantastic. Who, who are we going to hear, Tom? Arthur. He's amazing. It was a really lovely segment. I hope... People get as much out of it as I did. I sure did. And um, yeah, so he just talks, well, you're going to hear it, but he talks about um, fostering queerness all around. He was really inspired by 
um, the theme of season three. Um, so he's a teacher and he, um, a lot of this episode has to do with fostering queerness within youth and his students in sport and also his family. And so we can all relate to that. Amazing. So without further a queer, stay tuned, y'all. Bye. Bye. That was soccer. <laughs> Jesse, please stop flipping those papers. Jesse, you beast. Tom, Tom, hi. I've had enough of you, you beast. Tom, why don't you eat a piece of bread and maybe you'll calm down? <laughs> hi. Um, let's, let's not explain that. Um, <laughs> Elliot, uh, I would love to introduce, apparently I'm the one introducing our guest to you, our amazing guest, Arthur. Hi. Hi, Arthur. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's such a pleasure already, and it's been 15 seconds. It is a pleasure. You know what's such a pleasure about Arthur? Not that any of our other guests didn't have never done this. But My you- talent for ASMR. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. <laughs> so, Jesse, give him a pickle. <laughs> You're so prepared. You have, like, things prepared. Yeah. Like, I feel like I don't have to do a lot of work, which is fun. Yeah, sit down, relax. I got this. Great. <laughs> I love it. We Great. can do. Thank you. Tom steps from his golden chalice that he's drinking out of currently. Ah. <sighs> Memories of the 86 Olympics. <laughs> Listen, my lady fags, we just need to first, like, check in. We need to get some colors going. We need to know how everyone's feeling today. <laughs> okay, good idea. Um, Arthur, would you like to go first? Sure, I'd love to. I've felt, I've been thinking about it over the course of the day. I felt pink, fami- pink flamingos pink at one point. Uh-huh. I caught a nice reflection off the white uh, portable at the construction near our places, but <laughs> on the way here, I was really appreciating the like blue, gray, purple, and the clouds. And so I'm very that. I'm feeling um, relaxed and uh, like the sun is setting on my life. Oh, <laughs> that sounds negative, but you don't mean it that way. It's a little bit scary. <laughs> it sounds like Elliot's going to die soon, too. <laughs> Why am I shaking too much for you right now, Tom? <laughs> I love that. That's very good. So, like, gray, blue, like, is it, like, relaxing, kind of? Very like, much, very much. Like, calmed by the, like, fading light is what so I'm getting. Calm. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I feel very calm right now. <laughs> Tom? Yeah? What's your color? Um... Oh, uh, I guess my color is, like, a golden chalice. <laughs> gold. Golden chalice gold. Golden chalice gold. Like, I Perfect. just feel like... Today is the first day of my vacation, and it's Pride Week, and um, I feel a bit like um like like a like a flouncing Greek, like uh, oh, yeah. a wispy god mm. who's like dipped in gold and like ready to live his best life. Like I just come from the Lazarus Pit or whatever. That was a lot of like mixed references, but I'm here for yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Lazarus rises in ancient Greece. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty much a mixed metaphor, you know. That. <laughs> yeah, I do. I love that. It's queer. It is. That queer. truly is queer. So that's my golden shower factory. <laughs> I would I love, love a golden you. shower. Yeah. Uh, can I change mine to golden shower? Drink out of a golden chalice. Wait for it to run through you, and then golden shower me with it. <laughs> I think is what needs to happen. We've done weirder. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I guess I'm to go last. My color today is like. Like Valley Girl, like who's a bully, <laughs> yeah. kind of. She's going through. She has stuff at home. She's not. She's not trying to be mean, but all she bullies is mean. too. Exactly. Um, and she's chewing like hubba bubba, like bright pink gum. And my color is like the color of like the gum in like the bubble that she's blowing. 
she's just skipped class. She's like smoking Marlboros at the side of the <laughs> soccer field, like very high yeah. school. Um, I was going to say, I was going to say, I thought your color would be the gum once it's like stuck to the bottom of a table and like rotted there for a few years. And maybe and so someone's it's like a came brown, on it and then yeah. it rotted. It's like there's dirt and like... Well, okay, yeah. So oh, this makes a lot of sense Because you're a dirty then. little piggy. Exactly. Okay, so the reason I'm like bubblegum pink is because last night... And this is probably confusing to listeners. I've kind of described this already because we recorded twice in one day. Hey. Um, hey. So last night I had like a very like teenager inspired night. Um, and my boyfriend and I had like this wild shenanigan like threesome night. We like snuck out onto a balcony under construction, which like don't don't do that. That's so fucking stupid. But we were like dangling our legs off and like talking about the world and like I'm so disappointed in you if my students told me that that, that I would yell at them I was I was I was upset until I got out there and I was like this is beautiful and like the teenager and me kicked in just like making out in public like stuff, stuff I can't believe that, Timothy did that too like he's such a timid little shithead he wanted to which is oh, the craziest part I'm disappointed very bizarre anywho so yeah like teenager like wild like sex night no oh, that doesn't sound right <laughs> um you know what I mean and then today, I'm like the gum stuck under the table that's rotted because I feel so awful today. So thanks yeah, for encompassing d- it all. You're welcome. Yeah. You don't look the best. Yeah. What? Sorry? Oh, what? You what? look very handsome. That is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. That's so fantastic. I've had enough of you, you beast. <laughs> Arthur, you're honored beast for the day. <laughs> you're honored beast. I love it. Oh, Arthur, <laughs> why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you're here? Um, well, I'm honored to be here. I'm not entirely sure why, um, but very excited. Um, I'm a Master of Education student at York University. Oh, mm. for fuck's sakes. I did not know that. <laughs> Master B. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> you're not excited about it. We'll go into it. You guys didn't hear my joke. I said masturbate me. And then when we listen back, you're going to you're gonna be like, that was aggressive. So I just had to like say it again. So you caught it. That's not that aggressive. <laughs> I, I apologize. <laughs> Congratulations, though. That's really exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, uh, I've got, I'm taking the summer off and then I've got one semester left. So I'm excited about that. That. Um, and good I wrote in, be- pardon me? Oh, I just said good for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wrote in because uh, the stuff that you're talking about this season in terms of like who fostered queerness in you, how do you foster queerness in others is something that I think about a lot and that I'm uh, writing very much in that vein in my MRP. So uh, I'm really excited to talk about it. Um, I'm also uh, a gymnastics coach. And uh, I do stuff in the theater world as well. So we have a slight connection there. Um, That was to Tom, not me. Please don't get it twisted. (laughs) Everyone would know that. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Um, uh, Of uh, doing some study guide development, uh, of adjudicating for the National Theater School Drama Festival. Oh. Um, Yeah, and I'm uh, Dora Juror for uh, the Theater for Young Audiences division this year. So I'm excited about that. That's amazing. Oh, if you ever need a date. I'm You're never on. free, but I, uh, <laughs> I like the idea. What are you, what are you doing the Saturday of Pride? Are you dying to come to a TYA show I with me? I to work after I just had a vacation. Um, cute. Yeah, that's my life. How is your Masters of Ed going? It's going really amazing. Really? Yeah, I feel like there must be some backstory Oh, here. no, I had my... So I was the last year that it was only one-year program, so I have my BA. I was the year right after you. Mm. Right. First year of the two-year. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, it was interesting. I don't know what you think about oh, learning so how thoughts. to teach. I got so many thoughts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> share them, share them, because I was quite angry in school. What would you tell me about your experience first? Sure. Uh, okay, so first I'll say this is very rich, as I'm a person in education, 
But the only thing more bullshit than acting school was learning how to be a teacher. I've gone to acting school too. Okay, so there we go. <laughs> there we go. It was just so. It, there's just, it was just dripping of bullshit. In what way? They were just like journal about this journal about this art piece. So I'm like, this is this is good. This okay, cool. But I'm not learning how to be a teacher. Like I already was a teacher before I went to this school, and now you're sucking the joy of it for me so i don't know positivity corner (laughs) thank you for that and i just looked around at at some of the students in my class and Mm -hmm. i was like why are you here why do you want to Mm -hmm. be a teacher because you like organization (laughs) because you like color coding things oh god no that's the that's the good side of things the people you really got to worry about are the you know ones who are the all lives matter crowd yeah yeah, what? and those folks are there too. So. I don't think I have those. Yeah, it's, in uh, what sense does that come out in teachers' college? Like, yeah, I mean, not as much as it should. So um, I can't. Maybe you'll jump in about the one-year program. I was the first mm-hmm. cohort of the two-year program, and so we had a couple of classes uh, that addressed ideas of like equity and social justice in different ways. And so mm-hmm. that's where of course those things came out. Of course, yeah. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. Also, like um, I, th- I think my program is a little bit airy fairy than most of the programs but a lot of our class had to do with um talk about you and your history and where you come from and what your beliefs are and what your values are and that's going to um uh, serve you as a teacher like connecting with your students so a lot of our ideologies came out like that but i did not have any of those all lives matter in my class thank god that you know of maybe that i know of. yeah that's the thing i think most people were scared of me so they might have been hiding that's true <laughs> um tell me a bit more about your education like how in what way is it kind of shaping your i don't want to get to the queerness question but i almost just said back i'm just really excited um maybe before we go in can you talk to about your mrp a little bit more because that sounds really fascinating uh yeah good question <laughs> i'm very much uh, in the thick of things but so the germ of it is a larger idea than a, than a master's project which is I'm interested in talking to trans and queer adults about their positive experiences related to those identities and then trying to work backwards to how could that be part of education. Mm. So a lot of existing research uh, on the experiences of queer and trans kids in schools, um, you know, there have been sort of waves of it. So first was uh, demonstrating all of the harms being experienced as part of a, like a larger political strategy. Um, but, you know, that was pretty much the the only narrative, right? Which had its limitations as well. And so next there was sort of uh, literature around the resilience of these students, uh, which is really great. And now where I'm trying to situate my work uh, is what I is sort of think is an emerging one of ideas of like queer thriving mm. or of fostering queerness. Um, and so... Yeah, I don't know if that no, I love that question, awesome. but that's where I've tried to put my yeah. work. I was this time last year in the thick of writing my MRP, and as someone who felt like it was never going to end, like I was never going to finish, <laughs> you will get through it, and you're going to be amazing, and I believe in you. What's Thank an you MRP? Master's Research Project. It's like a thesis for a master's. Right. Um, yeah. Right. Sorry, we should have probably said that. Um, that's very... I can't wait to read it if you would send it to me when you're finished. Yeah. It's very exciting. I would um, I'm so I, excited by your the idea of um, queer people thriving instead of uh, fa- focusing on the hardships of queer mm-hmm, people. Yeah, because it never we never get to hear those voices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's also it's it's in relation to a lot of other work too and stuff that's going on in the TDSB. So 
you know, like not just queerness, but, um, you know, people doing work around black excellence, you know, the distinction Mm -hmm. between Mm -hmm. decolonizing and indigenizing. And so that sort of in this, in a similar vein, um, you know, the, the work for me is premised on the idea that, uh, the previous research prepared us really well to eliminate homophobia, eliminate queerphobia, eliminate transphobia, but eliminating those things is not the same thing as queering schools. Right. Um, in fact, <laughs> queering schools um, is probably uh, a completely different project that needs uh, and completely different research to support it. And so um, in my MRP, I'm exploring this idea through my own experiences, um, both in schools in sort of my experiences in BED, but also in my own educational practice. So in dramatic spaces and coaching gymnastics. Amazing. So we're being little titty teases because we all want to hear. <laughs> I hate when you say titty tease. <laughs> I'm never stop. I just picture you with a face full of milk. <laughs> so much like nipple like sensations when I record this podcast. Um, we <laughs> my nipples are always so hard. Me too. I don't know if the listeners know that, but I could key a car with these babies. <laughs> mine are mine are very flaccid at the moment. <laughs> I always like picture fruit. Mine in my are nipples. quite turgid. <laughs> <laughs> I have like stinky milk in mine. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Like full of clam chowder. <laughs> I saw a clam chowder popsicle on the internet, nope. so no. it's very no. topical. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Elliot made that chowder with his milk semen. Nope. Anyway, someone should put that chowder in a dildo mold and then freeze it, and then oh, yes. a very special someone out there that we know might want to put it in his <laughs> yeah, ass. That you can. Uh. Alex skip ingesting corner. it and go straight to diarrhea straight to <laughs> diarrhea that's that's what we're all about here actually it's just skipping steps and making things easier put that in your mrp <laughs> <laughs> wow the reason i said that was because I'm, I'm just saying we're also excited to hear answers to these questions so can we just go right ahead and ask you um what fosters your queerness uh yeah let me let me refer to my notes here. Please oh my go. God, Jesse's <laughs> so excited about this. Let me allow me to read from my dissertation. <laughs> um, so there, there's there a few things that I thought of that foster my queerness, but also in thinking about this question, um, I was also just just thinking about the real absence of it. Frankly, you know, like um, there were plenty of experiences that were sort of like ambivalent to my queerness, or spaces where it wasn't talked about. Um, like all through my life, but I'm thinking especially more as like uh, as a child, as a younger person. Um, and so the, there are relatively few that I would say that really fostered it. But um, one of those places for me uh, was gymnastics, mm. which I still coach now. Um, and uh, I, I, I loved it as a kid. And, um, you know, there's it's artistic gymnastics that, that I did. Oh, yes. So, oh, I love it. And so, yeah. And so there's like elements of dance and um, like execution is something that's valued in it um you know less so in male competitive in gymnastics and stuff like that but uh that was something i really enjoyed and then i still remember um a coach uh from when i was a kid who um you know looking backwards on it and i real and something i realized at some point at the time um I'm pretty sure was queer in some way. So, mm-hmm. you know, how he may have identified, I'm not sure, but I remember, you know, he, this was in Ottawa, so then they wouldn't have been big movies, but he would talked about, you know, working one day, he had this like amazing, like beehive hairdo and it was for some movie that he was working on and stuff. Um, and so I would say, you know, that coach helped foster my queerness. I love oh, that. That's so special. Yeah, yeah. I was. I mean, obvi- I have a terrible memory, and it stayed with me. So, Jesse did gymnastics too, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> Jesse just looked at Tom and said, "No." I thought you did. Maybe. 
Uh, stop <laughs> ruining everything as usual. Um, <laughs> Follow up. Where did you grow up? I grew up uh, in the countryside outside of Ottawa. Mm. Okay. In the Ottawa Valley. So the that Ottawa Valley. Valley Girl nice. reference. I love I'm it. I'm all about it. It's you. Um, yeah, that is me. You. I mean, you, you saw my outfit. Yeah. Oh, it was great. <laughs> if, I'd got, if I'd work some pride, some, some pride, if I'd work some plaid into my Friday Night Live Pride Edition outfit, <laughs> it would have been everything. The you didn't go to, these... you didn't go to uh, Canterbury, did you? No, oh, I didn't, okay. but I have friends who went there. I see. Stop saying things that Canterbury have no idea. Canterbury's the arts high school, one of the arts high schools. We've in had Ottawa. some. We've had at least two guests who went to Canterbury. That's why I said it. And we Cute. mentioned it then. Anyway, you're right. Also, these two flouncy fags were at a rom party, which is the outfit that you're describing, right? That's the other right. Night? I yes. love it. Perfect. I was. I knew I wanted to dance. I got my heels on. I wore my shortest shorts oh. so I could, everybody could see my amazing legs. And Perfect. It was, I had a great time. Yeah, you looked fabulous. You. And by Rom, of course, Elliot means the Royal Ontario <laughs> Museum. And it was by a f- Elliot, Tom, was, of course, means the co-host. <laughs> it was a Friday Night Live party, and it was really cool. I, well, we bumped into each other there, Arthur, and it was like um, queering a fucking museum, which was, mm-hmm. which was fun. I wouldn't go otherwise, but because it was queer and there were drag queens in dinosaur costumes mm. it was cool <laughs> i love it um arthur can we ask you the second part of our question can we ask you how and if you're gonna foster queerness going forward you beast <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm kind of all about fostering queerness as a person um <laughs> we're never gonna explain that are we okay uh, <laughs> no context <laughs> um Yes, this is something I think about and I can't articulate uh, coherent thoughts about. Uh, Yeah, so I've got, it's just, it's it's like a constant project of mine. Um, And it's something that uh, I fail at sometimes. but it's it's always on my mind, and so I'm trying to think of which example to start with. Mm. Um, But so in gymnastics, when I'm coaching, um, rewind. (laughs) Have you ever um, seen a child and been like, Oh yeah, yeah. That's a that's a queer baby. Yes, yes. you know yes, that yes, person yes. is going to be a part of our community yes. in a few years. They may or may not know it yeah. at this point. Um, in fact, I assume all children are until proven otherwise. So that um, that is what I truly wish I could like really do. But it is, and what I try to do. But like internalized queerphobia is a bitch it's a beast and it's a beast, <laughs> it's a beast. <laughs> and and really hard to get over so i wouldn't say that i really do that successfully yet because i'm still so mired in these ideas of what queerness looks like mm-hmm. and really specifically too so i know for myself that you know if i were to make a list of all of those kids that i pick out the ones that the the identities that would be most represented would be effeminate white boys mm-hmm. um and my Ability to, I mean, part of it is we're not going to recognize all the queer children, period. Um, but even beyond that, for, for you know, people who maybe we see ourselves in and we feel pretty sure about, speaking for myself, like my own abilities to recognize children outside of my own experience are limited. And it's something that I'm, that I'm working on, but something that I sort of thought about. Um, but the, so the thing, that, the, the thing that interests me, though, is, is, is expanding those ideas and treating like all children mm-hmm. not not even as if um you know they might grow up to be queer or trans but as if they are right um and so in in like the details of my coaching and the practice or praxis of my coaching um that starts on day one and it's in relation to so many other things so um 
and this is across all different ages from as young as three to the teenagers that I coach as well uh, and I sit them down and this is from the curriculum actually and I talk about visible and invisible differences and I have a few different sheets of pictures so I've got um, and I still have some ambivalencies of the, about whether it's the best way to go about it but what I've, I've got a sheet of a whole bunch of pictures of girls a sheet of a whole bunch of pictures of boys and uh, the way I describe it to the younger ones, and this is my sheet of people who aren't girls or boys, because mm. especially if it's the three and four-year-olds, um, as much as I'd love them to be coming from families who have done, done, done this work already, mm-hmm. my assumption is no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's all sorts of other differences represented across the photos too. And I just ask the kids about them. You know, what do you see? And we talk about some of the differences there. So visible things, you know, uh, hair length, hair color, skin color, um, but they also, you know, I'm so mired in these ideas of like race and class and gender and all these things. And then the kids are like that, you know, kids wearing a green shirt. He's holding a basketball. <laughs> so pure. So, yeah. Um, and, and we talk about um, invisible differences, too. And so that's that's in a lot of uh, contexts. Later on, I have, have sheets of different families. And we, so we talk about different ways families could look. And that's like an intersectional project too. So yes, there's some families have two dads and some have families have two moms, but you know, this family has one parent. These people are being raised by their grandparents. Um, just like expanding mm-hmm. that imaginary. Um, and then it's also, you know, about uh, ability and disability. Um, you know, so, you know, this child, I'm, I really, I'm an English minor, and so I like teaching small children big words. And so, you know, this child has a prosthetic leg. Can you say prosthetic? And <laughs> just as like, yeah, That's just adorable. as like my perverse sense of humor, I'm like <laughs> listening to three and four year olds yeah. try and say prosthetic. prosthetic yeah. <laughs> um, and then often they relate it to other things. But yeah, just the idea of like doing that work beforehand so that learning isn't coming at the expense of other children. And so, you know, um, this, per- and then, and in a, like a universalizing way. So it's not about this person has this thing, but if we're talking about ability, you know, we all have differences in our brains. Mm-hmm. Um, and something that might mean that some people speak differently, they don't speak at all, they make sounds, um, and then just establishing some rules that they can relate to. So, um, you know, like if someone's doing something that's making you uncomfortable, you can let me know, right? I'm your, your safe adult. but. Um, that not everybody has to participate in the same way. Um, yeah, that's a long winded answer. It's really, no, no, that was no, amazing. No, I love it. Um, I just want to jump on one thing really fast. It's kind of like a recovered memory for me. But when I was young, I used to get those looks like that people knew that I was a queer child. And I fucking hated those people that looked at me like that. Because I was like, don't you dare give me away right now. Like, mm. don't you dare look yeah. at me like you know. And like, I was... Like I had like very like long like glossy hair like my hair was like down to my shoulders when I was Fabulous. young and people would always like misgender me as a child and it made my dad so uncomfortable to the point where like I internalized that mm-hmm. but I feel like my anger was only well obviously like it was societal like if if it wasn't a bad thing then I wouldn't have been so upset but like my my internal repression was just anger you know what I mean so it's yeah. like straddling that line of course it's it's not only like supporting those kids but it's it's making sure that those kids can flourish across the board and that's what I really love about about what you just said like. You're, you're educating all of the kids, you, not just the ones that you think might be queer. If you treat everyone like that, then there won't be that stigma, right? Is the yeah. hope. And it starts at ages three and four. That's when it fucking starts. Right. It starts you before they're that. born, baby. Sure, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, but prejudice is learned. Hate is yes. learned. Like, those people were taught how to treat you, Elliot. Yeah. Rather than, you know, have, no doubt I didn't have a teacher like you, Arthur, who 
taught me any of these words or even let me know Aesthetic. I was in a safe space. Yeah. <laughs> Tom still can't say it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is really hard too. <laughs> yes. Um, no, I just love it that it does have to start that young. It really just does. Yeah, well, and, and you know, as someone who's like moving to the space of schools now too, it's really nice to have in your back pocket that I'm, I can be like, no, I explain this to three and four year olds all the time mm-hmm. and yeah. they're fine. They got it. Yeah. Um, they don't have any issues. So yeah, I'm so, yeah. Cause this is all in the curriculum. You're right. And the scary thing is well, we don't need to go into my dark fourth <laughs> curriculum rant, but yeah, <clears throat> let's keep it there. But that yeah, idea of like, um, of like this this is this is maybe I'll save it for the the are we gonna are we gonna do the rapid fire questions of course they are of course okay so I'll try I'll try and save most of my answer for that there but um (laughs) like um that's that's one of my great pains is when I see one of these kids where and like I said you know who you know I don't think any of us in in mentoring those kids are going to try and shut down any possibilities. You know, mm-hmm. if they if they turned out as a cis straight person, we'd manage to love them somehow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, but um, I I had similar experiences, uh, and it's such a barrier to like intergenerational queer relationships, and mm-hmm. it makes me really sad to be on the other side. I mean, like I think one of the ways around it is to is to do it with everyone, and so then you know, it's maybe, you know, those kids don't feel put on the spot as much, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, you know, you want to, you want to offer them some of the wisdom of your experiences or something. Right. And, and when, you know, your, your queerness is a, is a threat to them and, um, makes that relationship challenging. It's really, it's really sad. It breaks my heart. Totally. Um, and I've, and I've, yeah, I've been on the the other side of it too. Mm -hmm. I also hated out people in general when I was young, like on TV, like anywhere, like it just like made me so viscerally angry, obviously for the reason that I couldn't be that, you know, it's just, it's just so funny to, when you were talking, I was like putting myself back in that child mindset. And I kind of totally repressed that I ever did that, but that was my, that was my reaction was disgust and hatred, just really fucked up. Hmm. Tom, you have wistful eyes right now. No, I'm just thinking about I'm thinking about what you're saying and picturing you as a as a child going mm-hmm. through that. So much shame. I think I was pretty um, s- straight passing as a young child. Right. I and think you I think I was. You didn't have those kinds of feelings. Uh, no. But hold on, I didn't receive any glances. Right. I, I didn't receive anyone thinking I was queer. Right. Um, but I didn't have any representation queer representation right because i'm probably older than you so i didn't ever see anything on tv right or and i was in catholic school so i was you know guarded from any queer outside world thing so i I just didn't know that it existed that's really interesting i never thought about that so i didn't have any shame can we okay can i do something this is we, we can backtrack to this conversation i just before we get too far away from like gymnastics and stuff um I just fucking watched At the Heart of Gold about the Larry Nassar scandal in American Gymnastics. Have you, have either of you seen that? No, no. I haven't seen it, but um, Gymnastics Canada is also so implicated in, um, you know, the, in, in abuse scandals. Um, so, I mean, and it's, it's not unique to gymnastics either, right? Like mm-hmm. it's across uh, oh, yeah, so many. all over hockey. It's all over hockey. Yeah. Fun. And uh, yeah, so many environments and especially like, um, competitive sport environments um 
Yeah. Before, yeah, I should just say if people don't know what that is, a pause this podcast and watch that. I love saying that, but like for real, do it with this. It's it's HBO, I believe. It's a phenomenal documentary. But Larry Nassar was, of course, the doctor to hundreds of young gymnasts. He had mm-hmm. access to hundreds of literal girls throughout most of their their careers and lifetimes. And um, there's a great terrible thanks for asking podcast episode about it actually, where she speaks to one girl whose back was broken, and his treatment was to content warning sexual assault obviously was to put his fingers inside her vagina for a broken back and she kept competing and it's just like so fucked up and like i feel like hearing you like fostering careerness and youth and like fostering safety like when you heard that entire scandal did that just like fucking make you so angry like um i don't know i'm i'm i wouldn't say that i went to anger Mm -hmm. um i don't know why i might sometimes but Maybe, maybe it's because it's of the huge scale of the problem. Right. Because this, it goes fundamentally. <laughs> so it goes fundamentally to, to the idea of competitive sport. Mm. Um, and so in so many competitive sports, um, the costs of, of coaching competitive athletes, of running that team, um, because they usually have much lower ratios between the athletes and the coach. Uh, and so those are usually subsidized by whatever recreational program uh, the club is offering. That's definitely the way it is in gymnastics. I don't know so much for um, other sports, um, but the, the so that I mean, the, it's all it's all based on ableism, uh, and it's all definitely in gymnastics and um, especially those sports where I think where they started start to train athletes young, especially where they're working with female athletes. Um, based on ideas of compliance right. um, and having to do what the coach says and these coaches having a level of control over their lives of the athletes, of roping uh, the parents into um, you know, backing the, the coaches up without necessarily knowing what it, exactly it is that they're doing. Mm-hmm. And so it's the, it's the entire, their culture. And so this, it's awful, um, but it's also the, the tip of the iceberg and... Um, I mean, like it's yeah, it's 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 such a such a big project to take on, and so that's why it's interesting to do this work in a gymnastics gym too, because I'm doing this stuff uh, around gender in a sport that's organized um, on a binary understanding right. of gender. Um, so you know, I get you know, I get to to queer it in little ways, but yeah. I love that. It's yeah, it's a huge project because. <clears throat> Sorry, I just have a follow-up question to that. That's interesting because I have a number of students. <clears throat> I think there's a wave of of youth uh, coming to terms and being out and transitioning, and it's really exciting. I work with many who are. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what happens in a binary sport like gymnastics. Right. Yeah, well, I mean, so there's all sorts of, like, sports governing bodies, oh, right? Okay. And so the, I mean, the rulings around uh, Castro Semenya have been mm. in the news a lot lately. Can you give a little um, tag for that, just to describe what... Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to do, a, like, a corrections corner or something. But so I, if if I'm right, or a, a Google corner, <laughs> um, <laughs> there there was a, really, a ruling not too recently that... Uh, so Castor Semenya uh, has naturally uh, high levels of uh, testosterone, if I'm right. Um, and there was a ruling that said uh, that was barring her from competing unless she took uh, drugs to, you know, alter her, her naturally occurring hormones. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but there was, I, I believe there's been another one since that sort of acted as a roadblock to that. So it's very much an ongoing debate. But the... 
I mean, like the the whole idea of of gendered divisions. You know, there's been all of this. <laughs> there's been there's been all of this Raptors mania in the city, um, and it's it's so interesting to watch because um, you know it's based on a gender division of sport. Um, it's uh, you know, not a, a welcoming environment for queer people. Um, and it serves to like in vastly enrich a relatively small number of people. Um, and involves like the, a lot of like wage labor too, you know, in like the running of those, those stadiums and stuff like that. Um, and so to watch people like line up to, to celebrate that is so mind boggling to me, you know, like if your passion is for sport, like, <laughs> why does it have to like be to support millionaires and billionaires yeah. you know yeah even too like we should say i mean rupaul's drag race is obviously not a real sport but in drag and ru has i think apologized for this but like even rupaul saying you can't be trans and a drag mm-hmm. queen like like these divisions exist in the queer world as well like these are something yeah, that's so deeply ingrained you know as much as I'd love to shit on, can I story into? Can I go back just because you stepped on my question? Yeah, <laughs> please. How dare you? I'm gonna try again. I'll try again if you can. I'll have a piece of bread and I'll. In gymnastics, down. if there's a, a youth that is transitioning, what what happens on that stage? Um. So I. I mean, it's not something that happened on the competitive side at my club, as far as I know. Um. And so I would I would have to do some some googling around mm. that. Yeah, I definitely would. I guess be, we're all new and learning to and figuring out how to handle it. It's a good question. The thing that I also loved about this documentary, at the heart of gold, I was speaking about, was they go into like the, I don't like the word like psychology, but I guess like what drives gymnasts, and it's so fascinating the how high pressure it is and and the stakes within your own mind to push beyond pain is something i never really thought about and because it's young women often that like americans see and that like we see in the olympics and such people think that it's easy because of misogyny <laughs> and in fact it looks like one of the fucking hardest sports and like yeah it's yeah and what people don't realize mm. is that like it's a, a really small window in especially uh women's gymnastics and so you know you you get like one maybe two shots at the Olympics, but really like one if you're if you're going for gold, and mm. so that's an incredibly high pressure environment. Um, and so to you know potentially derail things by you know trying to put a stop to it, an abuser, um, you know, like and a rapist, um, and these are young girls. Like mm-hmm. what an, what an incredible burden, and how how deeply all of the adults in their lives failed them to allow that to happen Mm -hmm. and with more responsibility you know distributed to those making the the decisions and the people at the top but yeah it's really it's really heartbreaking I'm so sorry for derailing this conversation this way. I just literally watched it and to sit down with a gymnast. I'm like, I have so many questions. It's <laughs> obviously not stuff that you can speak to personally. It's fine. You're queering the uh, interview. <laughs> queering how positive it was and just turning it really, really dark. So The whole caster thing is is bonkers to me yeah. because the whole, like, um, trans exclusionists, yeah. is that a word? Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Those people who are against, who don't believe, quote, in, in, uh, in the, in gender Mm non-binary this is biology yeah Mm -hmm. this is you know we are diverse as humans we know that we've we know that science knows that 
It's not science that says there's a boy or girl. Anyway. Like, yeah, intersex people exist. Like, it's yeah. not, yeah. It's, it, if it's you want so to funny, rely on If you're biology, taking the science, like... Um, if you're going to fall back on that as an argument, you then you're literally, wrong. You literally yeah. can't, yeah. Yeah. Wow, I don't have words right now, but thank you for clarifying <laughs> that for me. Yeah, I mean, I think a, I think a couple of things, like... Um, I mean, absolutely, I agree. But I mean, it's, I think it's also really useful to um, like base our arguments outside of that because the mm-hmm. science hasn't always supported us. Of course, um, and and the the rights go beyond that. But it's also, I mean, you get to see uh, like the sexism at play too, right? Because when a male athlete um, is physically um, like atypical, extraordinary in some way. Uh, like Michael Phelps, for example, I'm mm-hmm. sh- I'm sure I'm stealing this from some article I read. <laughs> so, or like Yao sorry Mang for my even, lack of like... citations. Yeah, but and so like you know this idea that he has the perfect body for swimming that's like celebrated. Right. Um, right. But you know where this deviance exists in a woman. Yeah. Um, it has to be like and a woman of color. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. She must yeah. be a trickster, um, and traitor yeah. to the thing. Like, she's a fox. Yeah. And it has to be like medically addressed and like in in these histories too, like surgically addressed. Um, so it's it's gross. So much violence. Let's talk about something fun. Can we talk about something fun? <laughs> um, what brings you joy in gymnastics? Can I ask you that? Like, um, yeah. Well, I mean, I. So on this idea of like fostering queerness, mm-hmm. circling back, uh, like one of my answers to to that would be that like I quit foster queerness of myself. My partner fosters my queerness. Uh, friends in my life foster my queerness, and so one of the ways I do that for myself in gymnastics is um, like so uh, women compete in uneven bars, um, but they're pretty much just bars so the biggest like gender difference for the women is beam and so you know I get up on that beam and I perform my choreography and I show the children how it's done um and yeah that's that's one way that like I foster by Curtis and gymnastics or are celebrated are are there videos online oh I wish you know there's um uh, and gymnasts also complete compete in floor, and I don't uh, I don't work with a competitive team currently, but I used to, and so I would do the choreography for them. Um, and there and like that's one of the other things to to celebrate too is that it's not necessarily a queer environment, but there's a lot of us queers there. Mm. Um, and so I'm not alone in being one of those male coaches to coach. Uh, girls and to do the choreography myself and get up there and say no not like that like this I'd <laughs> <laughs> put my put my queer spin on it I gotta say not to David Letterman this too much but um, <laughs> I have no idea where this is going <laughs> <laughs> so because of like uh, the sports I play and the world I was growing up with it, uh, there was no queerness anywhere in these sports right mm-hmm. maybe maybe yeah, very repressed right queerness um yeah not visible it's everywhere yeah um and one season i mean we talked about this already arthur i decided to join like a queer friendly dodgeball league in the city Mm -hmm. and you were you stood out among (laughs) all of the players because you were queering up that space hard you had these tiny little booty short shorts on (laughs) (laughs) and i just couldn't take my eyes off you and that's the david letterman creepy part that i I appreciate it well you know i one of my great ambitions is to start a cheerleading squad 
for gay dodgeball because <laughs> i'm already dancing on the sidelines anyway so uh-huh. yeah if anybody has some pom-poms they want to send my way <laughs> whatever we can do to help that absolutely well i'm so i've captained for dodgeball and for ultimate which is another sport that i play and i've had this dream of taking we do socials and so i've had this dream of taking my team to a heels class for a long mm. time and i think this season is the season i finally make it happen and i'm Fuck so excited yes. for That's it so cool. <laughs> i can never updates. get my gay hockey team to do that try <laughs> make it happen okay. i'm All obsessed right. with it okay okay get um, him some kinky boots do you guys want to hear the clunkiest transition that will ever possibly be made on the show to date i don't believe you but go on <laughs> I don't even know how to how to trans, how to segue into this, but there was a there was a letter that you wanted to read, and I would be remiss if we missed an opportunity to hear this letter. Um, so if you wouldn't mind just introducing it, for yeah, our I would love to and reading it. It's, Take your time. It's connected to fostering queerness, so there's your transition. Thank you want to you, you want to do another take? <laughs> Fuck no, that's not queer. First take is the only take. Well, I think maybe if we can take this other take or whatever, but. Part, like what's so interesting about you, Arthur, and that's why you're here, and I'm glad we're talking about this. Is fo- it's learning how to foster queerness in youth. You need the Wi-Fi. We'll get it for you. Um, <laughs> uh, it's on the fridge. Thank you, Jesse. We never record in my apartment, but here we are. Um, uh, and Ellie and I talked about this earlier when we were getting ready to talk to you on air. So maybe before we go into this letter, it, we wanted to know actionable i mean you've already talked us through a lot of actionable things that you can do maybe as an educator as a or as like an adult in charge mm-hmm. but many of our listeners i'm sure are not that but they are uncles parents older brothers cousins whatever they for sure there are youth in in their lives right so i i'm curious about this letter as it might inform us how to like tangibly talk to our youth about that mm-hmm yeah, so I totally got that impression from your rant about teachers' college. Um, <laughs> and I had a slightly different experience in that. I'm, I'm all about the practical things, but also theory has been so important in informing my understanding of those things and expanding my practice the, and changing the kinds of things that I do. So to take uh, like a tangential example, um, I wonder if <laughs> they're going to be able to hear my typing. It's queer. Um, Everything's queer. Um. When uh, a couple of years ago in my coaching, um, you know, I've always wanted to include and support um, kids with disabilities, but my uh, approach was very much what I would call now a medical model, where it was like, no, you need to take this child to a doctor and get an identification of some sort, and then we'll be able to do da 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 da. Um, and now, after you know, learning a little bit in critical disability studies and being involved in some research, my approach is completely different. And so that's why theory is so important to me now. Um, I know that I don't need a diagnosis to you know change my practice to help this child be successful mm-hmm. um and so that's why that's why theory and practice are are so important to me together right and so just to defend myself here <laughs> it wasn't the theory that i was complaining okay, about okay. it was the busy work i'm putting that it on, was like yeah. now do a puppet show for an hour it's like that, that seems like, like right theory would have been more interesting <laughs> turn on the host that's what we love um can we make you more comfortable here do you want to put that I think I can do it. Oh my god! Sure? Okay, I think so. Jesse can crouch in front of you like a table and hold your computer. <laughs> Jesse, you bend down. Yeah, perfect. I'm <laughs> into that. Uh, no, I think I can. I think I can get my laptop some side eye and make this work. 
so the um, title that I've given this letter is To My Brother on Raising Queer Kids. Dearest brother, I know it's been some time since we've spoken. It's been weeks since I sent you my annual happy birthday text and longer since we crossed paths at Christmas. I'm writing today because I hope we can build now the kind of relationship we never had as kids, one of trust, support, love, and communication. I think we learned from our father how not to talk about our feelings. I know I did. But unlearning that bottling up of feelings has been hugely important in my life. And in starting this conversation, I'm hoping we can unlearn together. I know that for us to have a better relationship, I have to start this process uh, by apologizing to you. As kids, we never quite knew how to be brothers, and I know I hurt you in word and in deed. As your senior, I used my greater size and strength to hurt you, and you, in hurling epithets, used the one that you knew hurt most, gay. But neither the airing of grievances nor the detailed apology that you deserve are why I'm writing this letter. I hope by the time you read this letter, we will have had those conversations. But this is the letter I need to write now. I'm writing this letter because I know that if we are to have the kind of relationship I hope for, it must include your full support for me as a queer person. I acknowledge now that my expectations are high and unfair. I expect you to learn in a short time what it has taken me many years to understand. But I hope you will be able to act on this new understanding with the confidence of someone who has not internalized this aspect of their identity as a point of personal aberration or failure. Knowing the span of queer history and the many challenges that queer people around the world still face, I consider myself very lucky to live in this time and place and to have you as a brother. Although we only see each other a handful of times in a year, you're very accepting of my partner and I feel comfortable around you. But internalized queer phobia is an insidious thing. I should know. I've been working through it for years. I still am. I thought and said some terrible things before and after I came out. I remember telling a good friend that I didn't want to be, or I didn't want people to think I was one of those gays. Those gays being the fabulous, effeminate men, nurturers of queer community whose visibility benefits me and who often suffer for it. That was, why, that was my greatest fear when I first came out. But only now do I realize the perverse pri privilege of fearing comparison to the most represented members of our community and not the radical trans and queer people who birthed and continue to lead our most vital movements. The absence in my imagination of trans and queer people who are working class, people of color, crips, sex workers, and more, speaks to the many privileges and failures. Speaks to, <laughs> speaks to many privileges and failures. But at the time, it was identification with those effeminate gays that I feared. That was one expression of my internalized queer phobia, and it's something that our family has had to work through as well. Although you all said textbook affirming things when I came out to you, I know that you all had and have your own journeys to work through. I know this because while mom told me she loved me when I came out, it was over a year before she asked if I was dating anyone. I remember too the time at the cottage when our uncle, while speaking on the phone, referred to Andrew as my friend. I imagine that was one moment in which he learned that coming out is not only something queer people have to do. Our straight families must come out on our behalf. That moment stung because the discomfort of coming out on my behalf is nothing compared to my ongoing experiences of coming out. And yet, in that conversation, our uncle put me back into the closet whose doors I had worked so hard to break down. It still stings. 
No similar moment comes to mind with you, although I imagine you two have had moments where you've been faced with the decision of whether or not to come out on my behalf. I hope you haven't allowed others to closet me in my absence. But I'm writing this letter because all of those moments, even if navigated perfectly, are not how I will judge your love for me as a queer man. I will judge your love for my queer self by how you raise your children. It probably seems a strange topic to broach now. You don't currently have children, nor are you planning on having any soon from what I know. In fact, you may never have children, but I must write now because the one thing our relationship could not endure would be to watch you do to your own children what was done to me. Perhaps it is selfish, but I could not bear that pain. Maybe the idea of having queer children is new to you. Or maybe, on the other hand, you've given it careful thought. Maybe you've considered that you might bear queer children and decided that if they come out, you'll accept them with open arms as you did me. Hear me when I say, this is not enough. Not by far. If this is your plan, you don't love me. Not all of me. If this is your plan, then consciously or not, queerness to you is something to be accepted if necessary, but avoided if possible. I'm sure you know that your child will grow into their sexuality no matter what you do, and that queer phobia only causes harm. But it is not enough to simply do no harm, to accept queerness if it appears while tacitly hoping for a straight cis child. You must make room for queerness. You must invite it in with open arms because it is one of the great gifts of my life and you would be blessed to have a queer child. I will judge your love for my queer self by how you raise your children. I will judge your love for me in my entirety by whether or not you allow closets to be built around your children, by the books in their libraries, by the colors you dress them in, by the language you teach them, by the protests and movies and plays you attend, by whether we can paint our nails together. From this, I will learn whether you think queer children growing up in shame is a price worth paying to not disturb the status quo. I will learn whether you support my entire community or whether I am the exception to the rule. My queerness is intersectional and yours must be too. I have worked with kids for a long time, with kids of all ages. In that time and across those ages, I have seen the vast span of queer phobia, heteronormativity, and cisnormativity. If you don't know what those word, words mean, look them up and give me a call. I have also heard queerphobic arguments against inclusive teaching and childcare in their great variety. They are, to put it succinctly, bullshit. Based on all of my experience, let me give you some do's and don'ts. Don't have a gender reveal party. Don't subject your child to that, no matter their gender, trans, boy, non-binary, girl, two-spirit, cis, whatever. Teach your child the language of my community. Teach them that trans, two-spirit, intersex, queer, pansexual, lesbian, and gay are wonderful words, and that there are and will be more wonderful words to learn and invent. Teach them that some of those words are my words, might be their words, and can always change. Teach them that they shouldn't be afraid to use those words, nor allow them to sour in the mouths of others. Teach them that blackness and brownness are beautiful. Teach them the strength of Workers United, the rights of Indigenous people. Learning to raise a child this way will take work. Do that work now. Do not learn by harming your child, or worse, 
by realizing years later the harm you have caused. Raise your kids to know the joys of queerness and to not enact on others the violence of static binary gender and compulsory heterosexuality, of patriarchy, of capitalism, and colonization. It should go without saying that not only is this worth learning on the chance that you have a queer child, but for your child no matter who they become. Hopefully, your child will grow up in a wonderfully queer world, and if you raise your child this way, you can spare them harming others in these ways, no matter your child's identities. This might seem like a lot to take on, and it is. It's years worth of learning. But as you prepare for this journey, know that I am here to guide and support you in any way you need. I'm not asking you to be perfect, only to work hard, try your best, and love us for who we are. With love, your brother, Arthur. That was so fantastic. Thank you. <clears throat> you have not sent that yet. I have not sent that yet. To you? <laughs> no, no, no. To, to like, oh, to, to my brother. Yeah, to your brother. <laughs> we were sorry, you were asking earlier. Um, no, so um, I mean, like, I'm, I don't anticipate hearing this podcast. Mm. No offense. <laughs> None taken. <laughs> um, but I do, um, you know, I, I mentioned that. I owe him some apologies first, mm -hmm. and so I do need to do those first. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I hope that it could be part of like an ongoing conversation. But another reason for writing it was that I, I, I hope it, it'll, it'll help other people. Was I telling you before? Or was I telling on, the, on the, when we were recording about my friend? I can't remember. I think before, it was before. Yeah. yeah so I have, I have a friend from one of my sports leagues who was having a hard time with essentially being closeted by his sister to her kids, um, and so yeah, this this is for all of the families. I love it so much. Like aside from the fact that it's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard, but also in in letter form, it allows whoever's reading it to go back and like yeah. and you directly address that like. It, it, it can be a slow digestion and it has to be a slow digestion and not it's not you telling someone who needs a response like your brother or whoever is reading this can flip through and can google and like yeah, i mm -hmm. don't know i i adore it that was i really so want lovely. you to make that a resource for people yeah. somehow because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a letter that i'm sure many many of us want to send to a family member if i mean if there's any way that like you would want us like host it on a website or like do anything in any way yeah. outside of it, it's incredibly personal, which is why I hesitate to ask. I just feel sure. like yeah, it, it it's yeah, it's personal but also universal. Exactly, perseversal. Perseversal. <laughs> yeah, Uni I mean, I'm I'm Uni purple. <laughs> I'm hoping to make it available in in different ways. So. I I when when I saw the notes about handles I laughed because I'm not a social media person but it is a, an ambition of mine to um uh you know start a, a website about querying education someday um but I'm also <laughs> so the the next step for me is starting conversations with my brother because mm -hmm. the next place I want to sort of put it out there would be on Facebook because I'm friends with a lot of people that yeah. I'm friends with this one person that uh you know i was in part writing it for but with a lot of people who i hope will will benefit from it um but yeah i have to have that conversation first before it goes somewhere where he might potentially encounter it without me you know doing him the courtesy of the the apologies that i owe him and of talking through it together first can i ask what your process was writing it and and conversely reading it like how does it feel yeah um 
I, I mean, like, I, <laughs> I mean all the things I wrote. So, like, I uh, have been almost a lifelong expert in, like, distancing myself from my emotions, um, <laughs> which is funny because I... Uh, I'm a recovering actor and went to theater school for four years. Um, but um, I feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> seen and heard. Yeah, well, I, 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 I mean, I think that's true for uh, a lot of us. I mean, I think another queer experience is, is being really in touch with your emotions, and uh, but it's, it's not my experience. Um, and so it creeps into my reading in, in really small ways, but I get surprised by it, mm. you know. Um, and, and swept up in things. I mean, the process was, I, I mean, it might be a different letter that I sent to my brother too, because right. um, these are things that I've thought about for a long time. Um, and some of those experiences I name have sat with me since they happened, um, and I reflect on periodically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, you know, wanted it to be useful to other people. So that was a part of my writing it too, was um, trying to, to craft it in a way that hopefully... Um, makes it accessible. So, see, you see your brother just at like family functions. Yeah. So we're, we're there's 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 no like ongoing animosity between us now, but yes. we're, we're not close at all either. Like I like I I send him a message on his birthday every year. He doesn't send one to me. He says mm. like thanks on messenger on or um whatever. Right. Um, and yeah, like he he's been perfectly accepting of my partner too. My whole family has been. Right. Um, but also my. Uh, partner has a sister who has kids um and there it it hasn't been like an outright closeting in any way but like it's not as direct a a connection but i really you know if my brother has kids i wanted him to to raise them this way you know i mean or at at the very least you know not stop me from talking to them about these things not say you know like please come out to my kids but like that would be my ideal relationship with my brother would be for you know him to raise his kids in that way because that is how i will know Mm -hmm. whether whether he loves me as a queer person it's I have hope, know. like I, it's really funny, sorry, Elliot, I didn't no, 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 to step no, on what you're going to say, but um, it, it's a weird coincidence, because today Elliot and I were discussing that uh, our queerness possibly was fostered by our relationships with our cis-hetero brothers, mm-hmm. and our relationships specifically with them and with our queerness, and mm-hmm. them um, uh, coming to terms about with that. that? Um, we have a we have a lot on this on the show before. Um, I I, have a, I don't think I, I don't want to. I've listened time. to every episode no. and I don't remember it. <laughs> you're, no, you're I'm right. just saying. Like, what, what, sorry, my point by this, not to bring this. I'm not trying to make this about me. That's not my point. My point is that this is incredibly universal, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that this is a hopefully going could be a tool or at least an inspiration to help other people talk to their siblings too because we all experience it we're not dodging that question we for sure will i just we don't have much time left and i want to focus on you for the rest of it um the thing that i was just going to say really really briefly and something like a passage in in the letter um is i think an important reminder to both us and to our listeners and to everyone so thank you is that it is literally years of education to get to this point and i think this is one of the issues around polarization is that um 
and, and, and uh, obviously no fault of people who like believe in queer politics, but like it, it takes a long time to get to even a point where someone can understand what you're saying to then agree with it or to mm-hmm. even have a conversation about it. And so like the, the most beautiful thing about that letter is what you're asking for is like start that education young because then it's not it's not it's not like laborious like six years or however fucking long it takes as an adult. It's it's a quick little this is how I was raised and it's just internalized. So um, that's amazing. And I can't wait for everyone to be able to read that. It's hot as hell in Tom's apartment right now. (laughs) We are dying. Arthur, we have some questions for you. Can I... I, I'm just going to be really queer. Like, I love that we're sort of combating each other this episode, Elliot. It's (laughs) It's kind of... It's a bit fun for me. I love it. (laughs) But I I, I just have... I want to know about your partner and your relationship, just because I'm so lonely. (laughs) (laughs) What do you want to know? How long has it been? Um, Six years. Six? Oh, God, that's a lot of time. I would say that. I feel old enough as it is. (laughs) Well, you look decrepit. Um, Uh, Thank you. (laughs) I prefer filthy. Cute. Pig? Is pig too far? Pig daddy, maybe. Uh, No, I just don't identify with it. That's fair. Listen, I'n not going to hurl words at you that you don't identify with. So how do you make it work six years in? (laughs) That is a big question. Um, I don't know if I can answer that. Sorry. Um... (laughs) Um, I don't know. It's a lot of work. My, uh, I mean, like we, I, we foster queerness in each other. Um, and one of, I mean, like there's, there's so much that heteronormativity creeps into the queer community. Um, you know, as you both know, as the listeners know, I'm sure, but you see it on the apps in terms of ideas of masculinity and, and sexual positions and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, we we foster we're queerness in each other in terms of you know like the I would I would say that our like exploration of gender has evolved a bit over the course of our relationship and um, that's one way that we foster it in ourselves and in each other. Um, but it's also it's also a lot of work. My partner is um, bipolar, and that's been uh, a long and hard and ongoing journey. Um, but one of the things that I uh, really learned at the from him at the beginning of our relationship um, was just how to care for someone else and I would sort of distinguish that from like love and and just like the acts of providing care to someone in like the stupidest tiny ways but <laughs> I don't know what it says about the the uh, you know relationships I had previously or whatever but um, you know like if we're both sitting on the couch and I want something I can get up and go get it but him just going and getting it just for the sake of doing something for me. And that was a relationship, uh, lesson I learned about care and that I think runs through our relationship to this day. Tom's tiny shriveled heart is maybe beating. Do Gro- I hear... Is growing three sizes? Do I hear... Ah, that's way no. too generous. Is there one or two beats happening? Is there... No, no. Uh, honestly, my thought was, oh, I'll never... <laughs> like, I'll never feel that way. But. Season arc, we're going to find Tom Love. <laughs> Stay tuned on Do Queer What I Queer. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Oh, you need to make... Stay no, but the tuned point- to dog going thing. I would Absolutely. laugh. Also, I miss I miss more corners. I just want to express that. Oh, <laughs> you right. Corners it is time again. to corners. Yeah, yeah, we can we can bring back corners. Tom Loneliness corner. Tom Loneliness I'll corner. never feel yeah. like doing gestures to show care for somebody else. And I'm not. Allowed to, I'm, I can't even. Be Maybe in you that just corner. need it done for you. No, no, that sounds too uncomfortable. <laughs> That's worse. Almost. Let's get to the questions. Yay! Let's do repression corner. Let's repress that. <laughs> Let's do question. 
Question slash repression corner. This week on repression corner. Yeah, literally. It's just the sounds of Tom weeping from another room. like In the shower. Yeah. But there's like music playing. You can't really tell. You have to really listen to I it. I don't know if I'm laughing or crying. <laughs> Arthur, are you ready? No. <laughs> yes, you are. We know you are. Tom, do you want to kick it off? I would... Absolutely love to. Thank you. That was very caring of you. <laughs> Great. Make it into a joke. Yeah, That's I mean, fantastic. How, how long is your relationship so far? Our friendship. What? Uh, 50, 50 how many episodes? <laughs> well, we've been friends for five years. Yes. But it's been um, uh, <laughs> lots of different relationships. Yeah, it's true. I feel like now we are one being which I don't like. No, I know. There's a family... When you act, I feel ashamed. There's a... <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, which is very toxic. Nope, I don't like that. Okay, <laughs> continue. Please go first. Okay, Arthur. Mm-hmm. Uh, your pronoun, please. He, him. Um, I just got rid of the question. <laughs> oh, oh my, my fucking And now God. I feel shame. Aw. Okay, Arthur, what's your favorite swear word? Oh... Uh... <laughs> Fair. Oh, what's your favorite body part? Ass. What's your favorite movie? See, I listened to these and I should have prepared for them. No, we <laughs> like it. It's more of the cup. It's more I know, but it's just going to reveal my like, inner white girl. I'm going to be That's very we self-conscious want. about yeah. it. I'm going to go art film and say looking for Langston. Mm. But if, you, if we were really to tap into your inner white girl, what would it be? Like autumn in New York? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. It would um, maybe like V for Vendetta. That's one that I say a lot, but I, don't I love know. that movie. That's sure, sweet. why not? Yeah. <laughs> Under a Tuscan Sun, maybe. What's, oh yeah, good one. Thank you, <laughs> Sandra O's on that. Um, what's your favorite <laughs> mythical creature? <sighs> Mermaid. <laughs> There's my <laughs> love it. What's your favorite noise? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my favorite noise as well. That was out there queefing, by the way. Um, who's your celebrity crush? Uh, see, I don't have good answers to any of these. I'm so disconnected from pop culture. We don't want good answers. Um, I don't know who celebrities are. Uh, uh, sorry, okay. Um, uh, famous crush. Or, uh, crush? Crush. Crush. Who's your crush? Do you crush? Do you have a crush? Um, Ronaldo Walcott. <laughs> who that? <laughs> I don't know. He's an academic. He's, um, yeah. That's the celebrity at, at crush. Yeah, let's go with that. Oisey. That's where I went. Who's um, your queer icon? Uh, John Waters. <laughs> it's an amazing one. I haven't heard that yet. You sent me a John Waters gift today. I did. I just said to, like, I, I do love them. I just hope there's nothing problematic in there that I don't know about yet. Fair. That's always the worry. Um, what do you wish you knew more about? Oh. I'm told you I'm the worst for these questions. Uh, geography. I once uh, I once spent some time on like online quizzes trying to be able to name all of the countries in Africa. Sporkle? Um, <laughs> oh, that's my online quiz. I always sporkle. Yeah, okay, never mind. <laughs> I thought that was one of the countries that you were naming. Yeah. Oh, Sparkle's I like so an too. online quiz. <laughs> it also sounds like a Pokemon. <laughs> You're a beast. <laughs> That's never going to not be funny. Um, what would your friend say is your best quality? Um, 
I would hope that they uh, say my loving nature, uh, but they probably either say intellect or legs. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. You beast. <laughs> David Letterman. Um, and what are you most grateful for? Community. What do you hate about straight culture? This one, this one I'm ready for. Pulls uh, out the notes. How He's looking teaches, at notes. I am. This is only what I cared about really getting right. How it teaches queer people to be ashamed of our own community. That Fuck is what yes. I hate about straight culture. Fuck you, and straight the culture. <laughs> and the raptors. <laughs> Thank you. You're in kind with this discourse here. I'm sorry that I keep interrupting, but I just want to say, uh, I was, you know, I am a, a raptors fan. I know that's so boring and annoying. Um, but when when we watched the finals together, I was I went on a drunk rant to Elliot and actually Jesse about how it was so queer that the Raptors won, <laughs> and it was probably incoherent. And no, I you were filming it. me, and how dare you? But I was just like, oh, they've never. It's one team, and it's the only Canadian team, and I don't know. You can spin it. I, I listened. I loved it. I had sparkles in my eyes when you were saying it. So in that moment, Tom, we were infinite. All right. <laughs> Listen. Uh, oh, am I? Okay, what's your queer superpower? Ah, uh, fabulousness. Mm-hmm. What's your biggest queer fear? That's a good question. <laughs> he looks to Jesse as yeah. if Jesse. <laughs> I don't know. This. I don't know. Okay. Um, what's your queer mantra? Up the bum, up the bum, up the bum. Oh, Ooh, I love it. Oh, some repetition. My butthole just puckered. Oh, that's cute. In or out? Uh, in. Isn't it always in? Well, I don't know. Well, it wasn't prolapsing. Oh, yeah. True, 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 true. Puckered. I understand. Yeah, I think you're thinking of pursing. Yes, I am. Thank you. There's lots of P words going that's, around. That's my other, uh, that's my queer superpower. <laughs> Is pursing? Yeah, pursing. Oh, that's adorable. Pursing first. <laughs> pursing first. Can you walk into every room over pride pursing first, please? Yes, I will, for you. This is like an uncomfortable crab walk, but oh, you, I sure. mean, you are a gymnast, so. We need you to look over your shoulder. There's an ethereal so being that's yeah. existing over there, over yonder. Can you please yes. describe us what Pepper is just bringing to you right now? Yeah, well, I got a sneak uh, preview of the wig earlier, um, and it's giving me, <laughs> like... Um, early X-Men realness. Yeah. Uh, like before the latest fil- latest film, which I heard Let's was terrible. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> uh, but I didn't see. Um, Pepper is also sporting uh, a fabulous chalice. Someone has invested heavily in drinkware, <laughs> and it shows, um, which I presume uh, they're filling with um, uh, uh, oh, porn stars. My... Um, shot of choice from first year of university from the flask ew what's and, a what is that <laughs> and it's blue curacao and raspberry sourpuss oh for fuck's <laughs> sake oh god <laughs> who wants diabetes uh, and after which uh, they're cooling themselves with uh, their beautiful fan mm. That's perfect. everything. That's perfect. Thank you so much for that. Pepper, thanks you for seeing them and recognizing <laughs> look, at, them. look at her smile. You can see her like lip quiver. <laughs> You've cracked the facade. I, yeah. Yeah. Their lips are pursing. <laughs> we have a final question um, to end on a high note. Oh, right. What is y'all's double rainbow? Y'all's double rainbow. Arthur, you want to go? 
I do. I'm prepared for this question, yes, too. Yes, I am not. I'm Can you go all first? All about it. Um, my double rainbow uh, for today. So I uh, am so thrilled for Pride. Happy Pride! Happy, happy Pride. Pride! I know this is going to come out later, but happy Pride. Happy Pride. Pride should be year-round anyway, so happy Pride. It yeah. sure is. And uh, so I'll be uh, away from the gym. And so I was explaining that to my class in advance. And so my double rainbow was about telling them that I'm going to be away because I'm going to be at Pride. And uh, making sure that they understood what that was. And then uh, teaching them that if they know someone is going to go celebrate, they can tell them happy pride. Oh, you that's pedagogical faggot. <laughs> with oh, my that. God. That's going on my resume. That's perfect. <laughs> pedagogical faggot. Yes. Resume, get a fucking oh. tramp stamp right now. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Tom, do you have one? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Friday was... Uh, the best night of my year uh, sorry friday afternoon was the best day of my year possibly in like recent memory i had a showcase of my students who are all adults with um different um developmental needs and we've spent all year practicing quotation marks uh, a show uh, a final uh, sort of showcase amazing uh, i'm so sad i missed it yeah uh, well we didn't want to invite people because the workers Sure. At the the uh, organization didn't want us to, but there were still a lot of people that came, probably a hundred, and um, it was just so joyful. And they're just the kindest. Like I can't that that class. I'm so sad it's over, but that class just like filled me with so much joy every single week. And they're you know you teach acting, you teach you know focus, teamwork, singing, dancing to anybody this everybody the exact same way. I think people don't give everybody that credit, but the lesson I was teaching to these adults is the lesson that I'm teaching to, you know, when I, you know, high school students or whatever. And it was so dear. And thank you. Elliot was able to come and he did headshots for all the participants. So they all had their their, their photos up on the wall. And like, it was just so dear. And Jesse too, thank you for coming. It was um, absolutely the coolest thing ever. I hate feeling proud, but I did. One of the best days of my life, and it wasn't even my thing. And genuinely, like it brought me so much joy. Yeah. Minus the fact that I was so hungover from um, the Varveras event that yeah. I vomited in the washroom at Community Living. So <laughs> great shame. Um, apologies. Yeah. But I also made it, and yeah. it was lovely. So my double rainbow is, and this is probably going to be weird because I'll probably have talked about it already with our introductions, but Tom has introduced me to Angels in America. I can't believe I haven't seen it yet. Two episodes How left. Have you not seen it? I, I, I don't know. I feel like my life ha- hasn't been able to be enriched because I haven't seen it. They did it in at Soul Pepper, and he probably told you that. No, he didn't. A I couple didn't of years that. ago, yeah, they did, and it's in uh, a couple of parts, and so sometimes they get performed back to back, and it's mm. like a marathon of theater. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck. I, I, need to, I now need to see it staged yeah. because it, the writing, we just got to the part mm-hmm. where the angel does her, her piece. And I can't even believe, A, Emma Thompson's acting, but B, the writing in that. I could go on and on. Thank you for introducing me to that, Tom. Well, I've been yelling at you for a long time. That Literal we to watch years. It together, yeah. So, I'm so happy it's been very happening. cute and, like, yeah. friendship cute and, like, <laughs> yay. Yeah. Pride. Pride. Happy Pride. <laughs> happy happy Pride. Um, I don't want this to end. Me I'm neither. kind of sad. I want to talk to you about way more things. Let's stop recording can, and do that. Maybe you can come back. True. That, too. I would love to. Like, anytime. You know, I heard you on Facts, Fibs, and Fairy Tales are daughter podcast <laughs> by matt sweet and i just really loved your sto- your ability to storytell especially like with the sexy things <laughs> so part two part two arthur thank you so much 
Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a joy. It's phenomenal. I feel enlightened by you. Um, if you liked what you heard today, you can please head over to Do You Queer With I Queer, um, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Can you please email us at doyouqueer at gmail.com with any stories or feelings? Can you follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram, look us up on Patreon, get some merch if you're feeling slap happy. Rate, and just, review, yeah, and get, go on and just click the five stars and leave a little comment. It's really easy to do that. Click it. And we're like thirsty for it. We're thirsty little comments for it. <laughs> We love you. And um, Arthur, did you want to? Um, do you want our listeners to find you? I would love it. Um, I don't have a, a bunch of handles to plug, but the one thing I would say is that anyone who wants to talk about any of those things uh, or is in the process of themselves can email me. That's about all I got. It's a j c burrows b u r r o w s at gmail dot com, and I'd be happy to talk to y'all. Cute. Send him whole pics. <laughs> further yes, Are you talking to me? Picks. Yes, I am, and myself. <laughs> Um, Pepper, you better do it as well. <laughs> we'll see you next Tuesday. Tuesday. Bye. Bye. Happy brain. <laughs> do you queer? 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 Do you que